Every summer, there's a fierce battle waged in offices across the country. Sides are taken, lines are drawn, and everybody settles in for a long fight. The subject of that fight? Air conditioning. This is Game Plan. I'm Francesca Levy. And I'm Rebecca Greenfield. And this week, we are talking about the office air conditioning wars. Yeah, it wouldn't be summer unless we complained about air conditioning. It just wouldn't. So it's it's pretty cold in the studio right now. It's always freezing when we walk in, and I think it's like a tradition to start the day yep. by complaining about it. Yeah, actually, when I think about it, I have several daily meetings that start with everybody agreeing that it's freezing cold in the room or like way too hot uh, way too hot doesn't happen as much in the summer but it doesn't in the well, winter conference rooms are purposefully overcooled because Be- lots of people are going to come into them right. but when Body it's just heat. you and a couple people and you just walk in it's not fun yeah and then there's other zones in the office that are mysteriously hot and nobody can quite agree on it like i feel like i sit next to my coworkers and i have some version of the like is it cold right now? I'm really cold. And then somebody else is like, mm, I feel okay. Well, that's because people experience temperature differently. I think this isn't like necessarily an office problem. It's a people problem. And guess what people experience temperature the most differently? I know the answer. It's women. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've raised that question in a weird way. But uh, yeah, women are actually colder. It's not just a stereotype. And we do suffer more in these over-air conditioned offices because... As is written in some version of the story by some publication every summer, the air conditioning in most office buildings, the temperature is set based on this like decades old formula that was based off of the metabolic rate of men. And so it's and also men wear tend to wear suits more often. So uh, the office office temperature is calibrated for men. And that's why women are suffering with their blankets and office sweaters. Yeah, I mean, Bloomberg is pretty good, I think, on the temperature front. Not just saying that. I've worked in offices where I have pictures of my coworkers wrapped in blankets. Actually, my friend posted a picture on Instagram of her in what looked like a sleeping bag with armholes. Oh my and I gosh. think it's like a kind of a joke, but specifically made for the freezing cold office phenomenon. It's really hard to work when your body isn't at the right temperature. But offices also have to figure out how they're going to handle it when different people with different temperature requirements are sitting close to each other. So this is clearly a major problem for employees and for companies. And just keeping a sweater thrown over the back of your office chair doesn't really cut it. Employees gripe at each other and their bosses about the air around them, and nobody can figure out exactly how to make everyone happy. But there's one company that thought they'd finally found a solution to the air conditioning wars. We took a trip to their offices to hear about what they did to solve the problem and some of the unexpected hurdles they ran into. Caddy Withers is a manager at AppNexus, a digital ad sales company housed in a 12-story office building in New York's Flatiron neighborhood. It's her job to help keep all 27 of AppNexus's offices running smoothly. I'm the senior manager on Goo. What is Goo? Global Office Operations. What does that mean you do? 
That means we manage facilities, maintenance, cleaning, security. We design, build, and run all of our offices internationally. The AppNexus offices have many of the snazzy features we've come to expect from modern tech companies. A cafe stocked with free snacks, futuristic relaxation pods, and even a basketball court that doubles as a meditation room. But one thing about the office was stubbornly old, its heating and cooling system. Some areas were consistently too warm, and others would be blasted with ice-cold air. It was Caddy's job to adjust the temperature when workers complained. Uh, my team managed the temperature in the office everywhere all the time, and no user, no independent user had any control. So if someone wanted to make a temperature change, they would email me or ping me or text me or find me and ask me if I could make an adjustment, and then I would do that. What was that like? It was awful. Caddy was overwhelmed by requests from people who were too hot or too cold and wanted her to do something about it. She was able to control the air temperature around different zones or groups of desks, but she didn't have a way to figure out how hot or cold it should be, so she just ended up giving in to the most persistent people. It, there was no science behind it. It was just kind of like, if I got enough requests or if it seemed like a reasonable request, I would make a change. But then sometimes I would just try to talk to the person and give them a blanket. <laughs> and Caddy wasn't the only one hearing complaints. Everyone intermittently, sporadically would come to me asking me to change the temperature. That's Heidi D'Alessandro, who's in charge of setting up events at AppNexus. She'd wrangle groups of outside clients in one of the company's spacious auditoriums and try to guess what temperatures would make them happy and keep them that way. And it was such a pain in the ass because you have men and women who are feeling different, you know, temperatures who want it a certain way. And you're like, I can't please everyone, so I'm just not even going to do it. I'm going to say that I did it and just not do it. So things had gotten pretty bad during the summers at AppNexus. Caddy and her team wasted tons of time trying to fix the temperature trouble spots or help employees sort out their differences. Heidi, on the other hand, had sometimes resorted to just lying to people and hoping the placebo effect would kick in and make them feel warmer or cooler. It was clear that something had to change. So the company installed Comfy, a system that allowed employees to adjust the air around their desks through an app. Comfy eventually learns the employees' preferences and starts adjusting the temperature accordingly, so they don't have to make as many requests. So I'm going to open my phone and the Comfy app. Okay, so I'm going to open my map. I find myself on the fourth floor. And I hit cool my space. And then we'll feel some air kick on right now. So I can check if Comfy is actually working if I pull up our BMS, which is our billing management system, and then actually like see the numbers tick up. Comfy gave employees more power over their environment and freed up facility staff to do other things. Here's Michael Delto, a product support team manager. Now, when people talk about it, it is like action-oriented. It is like, I am going to comfy this room. It's just different tonally. There's a different vibe to it. There's you're, You are in charge. You're, you're um, empowered to be able to do something. Before, it's like, oh, I've already emailed this person, and... And what are they going to do? Like, nothing changed, and I'm bothering them, but I don't see any output of that. So it worked. People were actually pretty satisfied with the solution. 
But as time went on, new employees started and some of them weren't familiar with the ins and outs of Comfy. And just generally, enthusiasm for this new toy started waning. Complaints started to surface again. We were a year, we were about a year into using Comfy and we saw a usership drop. And that's when we hear about, oh, I'm freezing at my desk. So to get people using Comfy again, AppNexus started what they called the Comfy Challenge. It's simple. Every month, the person who uses Comfy the most gets some free swag. And people got surprisingly into it. Here's Michael Delto. In May, I was like near the, like, the last week of May, and I saw somebody winning this, and I was like, there's no way that they should be winning this with the amount of votes that they had at the time. So I put it, I'd use my watch, and I would pull up a timer, and I would sit it to 10 minutes and hit my comfy app and go about my day and do some stuff. And then my watch would buzz, and I would hit the button again and go back to work and hit reset the timer. And so I just did that for a few, uh, for a week. But as hard as he tries, Michael's going to have a pretty hard time reaching his goal because there are lots of other employees at AppNexus working just as hard as him to get their hands on some of that free swag. Here's Heidi again. I won one of the comfy challenges. I have a tiara. I have a sash. I was going to bring it. I forgot. Um, Did you get a hoodie? I didn't. I got sunglasses. I got a gift card to Big Gay ice cream, uh, which is ironic because I was cold all the time. Um, but it was a very fascinating campaign, how, how our global offer, office operations did it to just encourage people to use that instead of just, you know, send them requests and stuff. I just kept pressing it as often as I could. And I didn't care if it went through or not. I just kind of wanted to win. So the Comfy Challenge was working. People knew about Comfy more, and their competitive spirit got them using the app. But still, no system is perfect. And when it comes to office temperature, there's always something to complain about. Here's Peggy Jean-Louis, who trains AppNexus customers about its products. And the buddy mode is probably my biggest nemesis. Ah, the buddy mode. With Comfy, you need someone, a buddy, to back you up on your temperature request before the system will make the adjustment you want. If you're the only woman at, in a group of guys and you're sitting in that area and they're all comfying it to get cool and you're trying to warm up, you don't have a buddy to confirm your desire for it to be warmer, so you just have to deal with it. Or you can try to negotiate with the people in your area. Mostly you're yelling at them and saying, please stop lowering the temperature in here. I'm freezing to death. There's one person whose life comfy has definitely changed for the better. Caddy, that manager who used to spend all her time answering temperature change requests. And how do you spend all your free time now? That you're obviously so Online shopping. Just kidding. <laughs> Just kidding. There's bigger fish to fry. So I wonder how much of this experiment was the placebo effect. Like, if you're sitting at a desk next to somebody who's always going to be a different temperature than you, then it might feel good to feel like you have a little bit more control over getting the temperature changed. But you and that person, like someone's still going to be unhappy. So is it really solving the problem? I think Comfy does more than that. Mm-hmm. Because you can make it warmer. You can. I guess what I'm thinking about is that, like, 
people think that they hate the temperature in the office, but what they're really upset about is their feeling of a total lack of control. Like here at Bloomberg, we we have a system. There's somebody we send an email to, basically. Or we put in a ticket through our like ticketing system. And if the person next to you is sending in a ticket every time you send a ticket, then eventually they will email you back and be like, I can't keep changing the temperature because the person in this other desk has a, the opposite opinion of you. So, like... It's that feeling of helplessness. Yeah, okay, fine. Having some agency does feel good, even the agency we have here. And I think we, I see that a lot in my reporting, that giving workers the idea of autonomy makes them way happier. So we see it kind of with um, flexible scheduling. Companies saying, you can pick your when you come in and when you leave, and we trust you to get your work done. People end up working similar hours, but they just like the feeling of control over their hours. It's, it's like, being treated like the adult that I think we are. Yeah, but I hate to think that we're so easily manipulated that all you have to do is make us workers think we have some control over something like the atmosphere, and that's enough to make us happy. So I'm going to stay unhappy. I'm just going to always be physically <laughs> okay. uncomfortable. Francesca's pro-complaint. You're a curmudgeon. Mm-hmm. All right, that's your Fair. brand. That's cool. Yeah, it's my generation. And now it's time for half big Takes. half big Takes. If you have your own half-baked take you want to share with us, call our voicemail at 212-617-0166. This week, we have a listener half-baked take about greetings. My half-baked take is people at work should not ask you how your day is going the second they walk into the office. One, I don't want to talk about it. Two, my day's probably not going well. Or three, I don't want to share it with you. Also, I do not want to know what you did last night when last night is a Tuesday. You can check in with what people did over the weekend, but you do not need to rehash every night of the week from Sunday to Friday morning. I do not want to share it with you. Okay, there's a lot going on here. So don't ask someone how their day is if they haven't had a day yet. That's fair. And then nobody wants to know what people did on a Tuesday. We get so many half-baked takes about asking small talk questions. I did one about good morning once, saying good morning. I think I'm the only solutions-oriented person here where I gave a solution mm-hmm. to asking Say the one thing. Answering. But her, this listener's argument is that nothing you're going to do on a Tuesday night could possibly be interesting enough to share with your coworkers, and I think that's probably fair. Speak for yourselves. Yeah, then, you crazy millennials, you probably go wild on Tuesday nights. Yeah, Tuesday's my big night. Actually, I heard millennials were killing Tuesdays. <laughs> Becca, what not completely thought-through idea do you want to share with the world today? This is work-related because I think this often happens during work conversations, and it's the spoiler, and I don't believe in spoilers. What do you mean you don't believe in spoilers? People are always like, oh, what if I just spoiled trading places for you? I think that most cultural experiences, movies, TV shows, can still be enjoyed if you know what's going to happen. Like, I know the ending to Romeo and Juliet. I'm, I'd am still see it. There are Which certain version? movies. Uh, the Boz Lerman version. Yeah, it's a classic. It's a classic. Um, really great soundtrack. Um, no, there are some movies that can be spoiled really badly, like The Sixth Sense. But I think most of the time, you know, just talk about spoilers. It's not going to ruin it for me. You can talk about it. It's fine. It's true. I think it's mostly true. I guess, like, thrillers, horror movies, like The Sixth Sense, you don't. You don't want to know. But then it's like the it's the ending is always the same. Like the bad guy was a ghost or dies. Yeah. Well, I just someone the other day was like, I'm going to tell you about that TV show. This is us. 
I'm going to, I mean, have you seen it? No, like spoilers. And I was like, that, there's no spoilers in that show. I don't Spo- know. Spoiler. It's, it's Mandy Moore in old, <laughs> yeah. in old lady makeup. Spoiler alert. You will probably cry. So that's my half big take. How about you? Um, I think that hashtags have ruined the hashtag. So, Explain. Yeah. Um, people might have all kinds of complaints about social media culture, but the hashtag now has come to mean exclusively its social media meaning, which is like hashtag hashtag later gram hashtag <laughs> Friday hashtag baby toes hashtag half big take ha- yeah in my ha- dream hashtag world hbt um you guys so can when start are you trying trend. to use hashtags so not like that, that that the hashtag also known as the pound sign means something it means number but it, it doesn't anymore have so, you tried to use yes that and I've failed. been like I, I've like texted or messaged people like oh, send me the number for that thing and put in a hashtag and it looks like I'm I'm doing like a trending topic. <laughs> so bring back the pound sign. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, that's my half big take. I miss the pound sign. That's cute. Thanks. And this has been Half Big Takes. Half Big Takes. Thanks for listening to another episode of Game Plan. You can find me on Twitter at Francesca Today. And I'm at RZ Greenfield. And call into our hotline. It's 212-617-0166. We'd also love it if you would please head over to Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. If you like our show, subscribe, rate, review us. Um, Every review helps new people find our show. Also, just tell people about it. (laughs) Yeah. Email everyone you know. This show is produced by Liz Smith and Magnus Henriksen. The head of podcasts is Alec McCabe. And we'll see you next week. We will. And we'll see you next week. We will. Not me, though.